Morning, church. Morning, Lonnie. It's exciting to see such a lovely new faces as well, and the old faces. <laughs> so, it's so glad to see everyone around in the house of the Lord. Just clap your hands. Say thank you, Jesus, for being a part of it. I really thank God to stand in front of you again and share his word. And it's been an amazing time. And I just want to thank the support the Sarepter have been in my life. And uh, it's actually, I've just said the wedding. Actually, everyone is asking me, you were not married. And I said, yes, I was married. But because I have a wife who wants to dress in the white dress, and then I have to dress in the suit, so I have to do it officially and, and do a celebration. So I've been married for five years, so it was a fifth anniversary. So I want to thank everyone who supported me and come along within my wedding. It was a beautiful wedding. I really appreciate that. It made me feel so special. So thank you so much for, for that. And I had a story, actually, I was telling, uh, if you know Pastor Leonard, Pastor Leonard was around here. And he came to me and said, wow, I saw the pictures on Facebook about the wedding. How was it? I said, yo, I never fight with my wife like this before. (laughs) (laughs) And he looked at me, he said, wait. He was going out at our place, we stayed at Hotchkiss. He said, wait, put your car on the side, and then I want to tell you something. And then I'm like, ah, Leonard, I'm rushing. I said, listen, he pulled out the key on my ignition and said, put the handbrake. And I said, okay, it's fine. I'll listen. I was rushing to pick up the kids. So he said, you know what, son? I'll tell you why it's wait. There was this young man went to his father. And he said, I want to get married. And his father said, listen, let's go into the forest. And they walk in the forest. And his father is telling him how beautiful is this woman and how precious she is. And, and the father is just listening and shaking his head. And he look at him and say, say, I'm sorry. And the, father, the son is looking at him. What have I done? Because I'm telling you a good news. I want to get married. And he say, I'm sorry. And they walk, they keep walking. Eventually, the boy say, I'm sorry, daddy. And said, now you can get married. (laughs) But he was telling me, he said, every time when your wife is saying something, just say, I'm sorry. Even when you know there's nothing you did wrong. So you just have to say, I'm sorry. Every time. So I've learned to actually to submit every time to say, I'm sorry. So that is a church as well where you learn to say to our wife, I'm sorry. So uh, it's been quite of a, a learning care for me to learn that and to be able to say I'm sorry. And so I think as men, you have to learn that to say sorry to your wife, even you know you never done anything wrong. <laughs> so. <laughs> yes. So last time actually I preached one of the, you remember I actually share about Alex's story which is quite of a, a funny story being a part of the family because I draw the picture and Alex was very angry with me. Why are you drawing the pictures and you write your name Alex and then you write the family? He was very cross with me when we were young, fellowshipping at Western Park. So 
With that, actually, God has been speaking to me because Alex is standing here and preaching the word of God. That was the prophet at that time that the Lord would knew me and Alex were standing and sharing his weight. So, which was a very funny business because I said, Lord, I don't understand this prophet because Alex was angry with me (laughs) on that time. But in the meantime, we're still sharing the one word of the Lord. So, he was angry because he was saying, I'm coming as a part of the word scene, the same family. But we are all the family. So, it's such a great thing to know. So, today... uh, the Lord has been speaking to me and in terms of trusting the Lord. Whatever I do in the ministry, I have to trust the Lord. It has come on the worship and I'm thinking, oh, these guys, they're stealing half of my preach. And it's not an easy journey, but I ask you a question. Have you seen yourself when you're becoming a brand new Christian? Once you just hear the Lord as your Savior, you cannot stop that person. My grandmother used to say, when people come into Christ, they don't need a Bible college, they don't need theology, they go and share the word of God. No matter what. And so it's been something within my heart and thinking, as a church, what happened to us when you're becoming a brand new Christian, the next thing, What's going on within us? And we tend to relax and we sit down. What happened? That motive, what you had at the beginning, when people, you just see everyone, you say, hey, listen, I and I come to church. And you tell him how much Jesus loved you. And what is that thing that is proving you every single moment when you walk around in the street and you say, wow, how much Jesus loved you. How much the Savior has done to you. And I, I, I was actually we had the graduation for my wife, which was a very exciting time. And I was so tired, and one of the guys called me and said, come to a leadership prayer. And I'm like, eh, leadership prayers, I don't want to go there. And I'm like, no, I'm tired. But the Lord kept telling me, you need to go there. And I went to the leadership prayer, feeling strong because I'm a pastor, I have got everything under control. I know Christ. And so these other guys, yeah, they must not see me as just Zolani. And I'm the first person coming as a pastor. So I had that strong motive. So I get to the leadership prayer, sit it down, the worship starts. I just pour with the Holy Spirit. I start crying. And I, I don't have nothing to wipe my face. The tears are pouring. And I'm thinking, no, 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 that's not me. What these people, they're going to say. But when God wants you, it doesn't care what's the person next to you. God needs you in that time. And he's preparing you because he's got something good for your life. So I walk out there and I stand I'm like, no, Lord. I don't need this. These people, they will laugh at me. But the Lord keeps saying, Zolani, I've got something within you. You just need to submit and just be yourself. Someone next to you is not going to do anything, but I need you in this time. So I stand and I said, okay, thank you, Lord. I cried, I poured, and keep crying. And then we went and had a, a group time where we actually 
lay hands to each other. And I start praying for this guy. And this guy says, I see something with you, young man. God has got a hand with you. And you are such amazing. Keep that way. And I see God speaks where you're not even expecting. And you speak on that moment. So I left the way the Holy Spirit was. Actually, I was drunk with the Holy Spirit. I could not see driving all the robots from Hillcrest to my home. I found myself home. Hey, there's home. And my wife said, you want food? I said, I don't need food because I full the weight inside. Yeah. The Holy Spirit, I did not even need the food to eat. I love the food, by the way, but I did not need any food. So I see something that God was doing at that meantime. And I had a friend of mine, we normally share the weight together, and he said to me, Zolane, actually they're calling us, you know all these school fees must fall. They're looking for the church. They're looking for people to go and say something against this. And I was scared because there was something happening there. They were throwing stones at the varsity. There was all those things. But I told him what happened to me on Tuesday. We meant to go on Thursday. And he looked at me and said, Zolan, that's good. We are going there, me and you, because the Holy Spirit is within you. I'll be at the back of you. I'm saying, no, you'll be in the front of me. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) we walked there and I'm like, (laughs) I'm eventually said, okay, Lord, this is the time we're going. And he is such a musical guy and I'm a bad singer. I cannot sing. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) So I went as I stand in front and he's playing the piano. He said, you preach. And I'm like, no, 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 no. He said, you preach. So I started preaching, and there was one message which is, I started preaching. It was Matthew 5, chapter 9. Blessed are those who are the peacemakers because they are the sons and the daughters. I said that only. And you see, you've got all these guys who are these politics names and these politics names, these politics names. I'm not going to mention them, but you know them. And they were angry with us because we were sent to speak the truth there. They were not so happy. But as we play, a guy play piano and keep saying that scripture, blessed are those who are the peacemakers. We had Christians there. We had people coming along, but they did not actually put that this is not good. We should actually have peace among all these things because this is a violent Jesus Christ doesn't like the violence. And there was four or five guys standing up and we had to lay hands on them and they actually accept Jesus Christ in that meantime. So you see, God is working through you where you actually, that was a preparation for me to go to that leadership because he had something for me on that time. And this is what actually church, I wanted to encourage you. I love this story, which is, Luke 10, I'll go through Luke 10, because we tend to forget everything that we need is right here. God has provided us. There is a mentor, there is people, we've got friends here in the Bible who said, if your ministry is not doing very well, but what happened to me here? I'm scared of vandalizing to the people, but what about me here because I have done it? So, we look and we leave it like that. On our way back, we're chatting with Peggy. And Peggy has been a, such a great guy because he's been 
in Hong Kong, and I've never been in Hong Kong. I've just been in Deben. That's it. Jonathan. <laughs> so he's chatting to me, and you say, Zolan, you know, I was playing in Hong Kong. These guys, they don't have an opportunity to have to spread the word of God as we do. We're so grateful, but what is going on with the people in the church? They don't go out and spread the word of God. What is wrong? And God was speaking to me in that meantime. And he said, I get there. Guys, we have to preach for the next six hours or something like that. And guys are sitting on the floor. And one older lady goes to beg and said, Beg, would you please pray for us that we'll be like South Africa can spread the word of God. And Peggy prayed, but I said to Peggy, Peggy, you were wrong, praying. And he looked at me angry. How can my friend say that to me? I said, you were supposed to pray. He said, how can we be like them in Korea? Because they sit in the next six hours and listen in the word of God. They get arrested. They meditate the word of God in their head. Us in South, in South Africa, we have ten Bibles in the house but we don't read them. We sit in the preaching. If it's next five hours, I see you news will be going out now. <laughs> and they sit down and listen what God is saying. They get arrested. It's not a problem for them because they stand for the truth. In people, they said, David, he said, Peggy said, these people, they walk from five hours to six hours to get to church. But us, we can complain to drive for 45 minutes to come to church. I said we should look ourselves and say what went wrong with us. How can we be like them where even the old lady get arrested and they take the word and put it on his head? So, as I'm going, now we're rolling. We're just playing now. Now we're rolling. We're going to a proper word of God. Uh, and I've got my phone. Uh, I remember Anthony was using a phone. Daddy was very angry. But, <laughs> but I got it, the scripture, which is Luke 10. Uh, just to put it up, I love, I always remember Eileen said, put things in context. Like you start what's happening. So uh, Matt, Jesus was walking around in the village and he decided to go to Martha and Mary's home. So, when actually, we're going to read this. I like the way and what will happen to us that we don't trust in the Lord. Sometimes we get busy with other things. We don't choose. And we'll, we will read the scripture. And somehow I was actually looking. That's why I've got it on my phone because I got it in, uh, I don't know what this Bible, but it's easy for me because I'm a Zulu. Sometimes English is a difficult language. So it's, it's really much better. So it, it's Matthew and Mary. So we go from 38. Say so now as they're traveling along. Okay, that is where Jesus is. I will go from 39. Here the sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha has distracted with all her preparation. And she came up to him and said, Lord, you do not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone. And then tell her 
to help me. I see Jesus looking at Martha. Martha, come on. Come on. Can't you see the idea here? But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are so worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. Is for Mary has chosen. What Mary has done? Chosen. A good part which shall not be taken away from her. Martha was worried. I see Martha, Jesus is coming and he's doing all the preparation. No, 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 wait. Put the chair nice. The king is coming. No, 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 no. There was nothing wrong with Martha. She loved Christ as well as Mary. But you see the distraction. You've got people here who are serving the Lord. They actually, I had an opportunity to sit down with Anne Hodgkiss. I was actually crying when she was telling the story, but she did not see because I couldn't make him to see that. She was telling me, said, the reason she came to know the Lord, because his husband was a big shot in one of the Anglicans, and he used to do all things for Christ. He used to be not home, and she said, I used to be sobbing and crying because my husband is nowhere to be found. And when you look that, the devil can take the opportunity and distract you in the hands of the Lord because he will want to take you away and you're busy saying, I'm doing the Lord's work. So, I always sit down and say, Lord, I want to choose. I want to sit on your feet before I do anything else. First, I want to encounter you more than anything. The ministry, I know it's there. But if I choose to sit on your feet, that is the opportunity where I'm trusting you because you do everything. People walk out and leave their homes and do anything and they will never, they said, I'm doing a ministry. But what is happening within the ministry inside your house? Have you realized that you have a prodigal son? You have a daughter that is no way what is happening. If you actually sit it down first and solve that ministry within your house, how much better to go out in the world as well? We get distracted and thinking we are serving the Lord with full energy and so empowered. But what is happening? That was a question. I was looking at the scripture. There was nothing wrong with Martha and Mary, but she chose something which will last forever. Something will give him a benefit for his life, even no matter what, because she chose to sit and listen to the word of God, because the word of God is something which will mentor for him for the rest of his life. So, as this scripture follows, I want to tell you, there's so many people in the Bible here who have chosen to listen to what God is telling them and apply it in their life. So, whatever as a church, 
we tend to relax and we say, God, do it. I'm going to actually submit myself to you, but you don't do anything about it. We don't go and reach to the ministry. There is one, I spoke to one of the guys, I said, as home group, we're giving ourselves a challenge to go into Stockville. Stockville, it's such a darkness place in this time because there's all the prophets coming and promising them, taking advantage of them because they are poor. The era is not right. But the Lord has called us. We're doing the fasting to go down and say, God, we declare that land as yours. It's your land. So, who's going to do that? I said at the beginning, when we see a brand new Christian, I'll be so happy to gather them because they're not going to be scared. But as us, we tend to relax and say, you know what? This is not going to happen because we don't trust the God. We know God now. It's fine. We know God. You do the work. But the brand new Christian, I'm telling you, now I can call the revival. They will be there. Ask yourself, what I am doing for you, God? What can I do for you that you and me and everyone around here will say that, well done, my son, because I've done it all. And one lady said, no, Stockville is such a mission and it's not a good place to go there. But I said, because Jeremiah tell me that everything that I'm doing, that I'll trust in him and no matter what is happening. So, there's small prophets here in the Bible where we're running away from them, but they give us wisdoms. There's two types of wisdoms, which is all we know. Personal wisdom. Personal wisdom, it's called consequences. I like that word because I say it very nicely. Consequences. Quent, 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 something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Personal. Yes, yes, that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's one. Yes, yes. Personal experience. Those are two types of wisdom. Where you go, I'll just use this. You go and bang yourself into that wall. Oh no, so, oh no. And you keep banging yourself, you've got a broken nose into that wall. That's called personal wisdom because you went to that wall by yourself. We did not ask you to do and you went straight to that wall and banged yourself a nose. And then we've got other people. You learn from the wisdom from other people. That guy went to that wall and banged his nose. Oh, so nose, whoa. And then I, I said, what happened to you? Oh, bang myself on that wall. What have you learned about that? I'm not going to run to the walls that are not moving. <laughs> so, we get all these wisdoms to these different people. As trusting the Lord, I always say that people have got friends in the Bible, which is I've got the wisdom from them here. Yeah. I've got friends of mine who are mentoring them, which is other people, when you're reading some other people's books, you read and say, 
I don't want to do the same mistake as these guys they did. On other hand, you've learned, how many people have learned with their personal experience something that they've done here? Bang into their walls by themselves. So many people, they said, I want to take that wisdom and learn from what I've done there. Other people, if I can take all your experience here and get that, I think I will come up here as a strong man out here in that world because I believe everyone has done something which is not right. So, we've got men in the Bible here who struggled. We've got men and the women who've done such funny stuff. But we've got the wisdom to learn what they've done and take it further. So, I just want to encourage you. Psalms 119 verse 98 it says it, your commandments are always with me and make me wiser. Make you what? Wiser. Then my enemies and I have not inserted that all my teaching, for I meditate on your statutes and have more understanding than the elders, for I obey and prosper. So, we've got 66 books in the Bible where we can, in the middle of the night, during the day, we can say, even there is some fight within my life, Something said and doing well, you can go back and say, these people, they have faced the same issue. What can stop me to see your word? Hebrews 4, 8, it says, your word is sharper than the sword. So, the word is something that you can live with. It's something that you can meditate. something that you can say, I want to go out and I want to share your gospel. I want to live what the Lord has done. As I'm closing, church, I want to encourage you. Be a brand new Christian again. Start it where it happened. And look at yourself and say, I want to do the same you someone when whatever. I don't know where you were actually born like where was your time where you know, start knowing the Lord. But I want to take this moment and remember when you're becoming a new Christian and apply it again to the others. The world is waiting for us. There is no such thing that you are Madala. Come on. You are Madala when you're dead. But when you are alive, you are still standing for the Lord. So, there, there is actually a last closing scripture which is I want to share with you guys. I would like, uh, if there's a microphone, I'm Lungu to read this because the accent would be lovely. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, uh, one thing which is I always laugh about this, our latest pastor, which is, was Henry Duncan, he used to say to me, I said, Henry, I'm going to read Revolution. And he looked at me and said, Zolan, 
that thing is very confusing. You must say amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. So, I learned to say whenever I'm reading from scriptures and talking about all those angels, I say amen. <laughs> so, I want, but I want to, as you're reading the scripture, imagine yourself the new heaven and the new earth. And we read that, and I'm closing. If you don't know Christ, come here in front. We'll pray for you. Because the new chain will start it from right now. We want a new, brand new Christian. And that's good because I'll use you because you'll be a new Christian. So we thank you. So uh, please, uh, Revelation 21 from 21. From 21 from 1. Chapter 21 from verse 1. Yeah. Not the whole chapter. I'll tell him to stop. Then I, saw, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look. God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Amen. Church, I want to call you in front. If you ever struggle, remember there is a promise here. This is not, this journey will end. And there will be no tear. There will be tears of joy. And if you never actually know Christ, or if you say there's something, I'm a Christian, but I don't know what happened to that energy of mine. And I've lost it now. But I want you to come in front. We'll pray for you. Anything in God's hands, it will be new. So, as we sing, let me just close in prayer. Baba, thank you. Thank you. There's nothing impossible in you. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters as we hear from you. Lord, I pray that we can sit on your feet and trust you because you are such a great God. Father, Holy Spirit, I invite you in the name of Jesus right now. I pray for someone who's worried and as the word has been said today, there will be no worries, no anxiety. Lord, I pray that will be dance on you. Let me rejoice over you. So Lord, here we are, we come to you. We surrender ourselves to you. We want to give thanks to you for what have you done to our lives. We thank you that we knew you. And Lord, we pray for those brothers and sisters they don't know you. 
that they may know you how wonderful you are so Lord we want to give joy to you we thank you hallelujah we thank you announce it in everyone here in the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus all over me. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.